Hi, I'm Erin Bagwell. And I'm Diana Matthews. Welcome to Beaver Talk, the podcast where we give Hollywood unsolicited advice about feminism. In our world, Dan Levy is a household name. Sally Draper gets her own spin-off show from Mad Men. And Gal Gadot and Brooklyn Prince's friendship is what dreams are made of. Join us as we deep dive into all the things that fire us up about film and television. The glorious, the misogynistic, and the groundbreaking. This is Beaver Talk. Yo! Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, Erin? Uh, it's going great. It's uh, I'm having a really mellow week. Yeah, I know. I'm feeling you having a mellow, yeah, mellow week. I'm super mellow. I'm super chill. Which is not like you at all. I know. You know, I was thinking that. I was like, this is so, so weird. Like, yeah. I'm acting so weird lately. Maybe this is just you in 2018. Yeah, maybe. I'm just taking it easy. I'm working less. I'm, like, taking time off. It's... It's, I already don't believe this. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's wild. Amazing. How is the year starting? How are you doing? We're already a couple weeks in. I am already loving this year way more than last year. I'm I'm all in on 2018. I'm excited about it. I feel like I did a lot of our intention planning, you know, after talking to Bethany and kind of getting her ideas and suggestions. And Betty's, if you haven't heard that episode, please go back and listen to Intention Setting for 2018 with our special guest, um, Bethany Nicole Smith, because it's just such a great episode. And I felt like I learned so much and I actually went back and listened to it and journaled. Um, and so I've been doing a lot of like new um, routines for this year to kind of just be, be more present, you know, kind of stay more in tune with my body. I'm trying to journal now, which is something I've never done before in the mornings. Wow. And I've actually kind of set up a little space in my living room where I'm, where I like meditate and journal. It's like, I think as a tourist, like I like spaces and I like, like home stuff and I like, you know, physical objects, like part of being a tourist. Um, and so having like a dedicated kind of hub for that or nook, and it's literally like, you know, two by two, like just little area where I like pop my salt rock crystal lamp thing on and I like get into it. But yeah, it's made a big difference. I'm into it. That's so good. I love yeah. that you're already like, I mean, creating the space and then creating the time is everything when you're trying to create new habits. So yeah. And someone told me too, like the thing about creating habits is like, you should do whatever the bare minimum is. Mm. So like, don't expect to like, you know, go to the gym five days a week mm -hmm. or like have it be zero to 60. Like what's the smallest thing you can do? So even if I write a sentence or whatever, I don't feel bad about it. I don't like, I don't shame myself. It's just like, okay, this is, I don't feel like doing this. I do feel like doing this. I'm just kind of creating the space to let it happen. Yeah. That's so cool. And sometimes a sentence is all you need. Like even just that can be such a release in and of itself. So it's like, do what works for you. Yeah. How is your uh, new year going? <laughs> You know, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I had a really like nice last weekend of 2017. Mm -hmm. I like basically just huddled in the apartment and like had the coziest, like laziest. I slept until like 1130 one day. Like it was really low, which is totally what I needed. And I'm one of those people who woke up, who like really loves the switch of years and loves like intention setting. And I listened to Bethany's episode I listened to it once all the way through, and then I listened to it again while I was journaling and while mm. I was doing the planning. So I was like pausing it, and I was yeah. like making notes and doing something very similar to what you talked about. And 
I think my, I mean, my biggest resolution this year is to be patient with myself. Mm -hmm. And I think I've already had to like check myself a Mm -hmm. few times over the past week to be like, oh, like once you build those habits and once you build the habit, especially negative ones of talking to yourself negatively or being judgmental, it's amazing how you can really have that be your default setting. And so I'm kind of working at creating new settings and creating um, a little bit more space for myself. Well, I mean, I think the the other thing that I kind of noticed and I checked myself on yesterday was I had a really slow day um, at work. I only, you know, did emails for a couple of hours and then really the day was done. And so I was like, okay. And I was kind of like, you know, binge watching TV and like thinking about, oh, should I be doing extra stuff? And it's like when you're not in the work and when you're not doing the work, that's when your brain, that's when my brain can kind of like scoot around and like the negative self-talk can come in. So I think it's interesting, you know, how do we keep ourselves busy in a productive way, in a way that serves us so that, because I also think there's something unhealthy about just marinating and reflecting and like having that be your only practice. Mm -hmm. Like you have to get up and do something too, you know? Yeah. And I think something else that I've been really feeling lately is I've been needing a lot more sleep lately. Mm. Um, and the guilt that comes with that, like I need more sleep. Like Mm -hmm. I've been having a really hard time getting up in the mornings, which is not like me at all. Um, and that's the weather, that's the winter, that's, you know, all the changes, all of the kind of just emotional fatigue of getting into a new schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, so being patient with myself in that has been an interesting process, Mm -hmm. um, And I think one of the things I'm thinking about right now is like, what am I telling the universe I'm ready for? What am I telling the universe like that I want? Mm -hmm. And if I sleep until like 930 on like a Monday, is that somehow affecting like my overall goals? It sounds really hokey and it sounds really weird, but I've just been thinking a lot about like, what am I capable of doing and how much can I push myself right now? Do I want to push myself right now? Um... So yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting to need more sleep too. Well, it's so funny you say that because like I went to bed, um, when I went back home to Buffalo for the holidays, I went to bed at like seven or eight every single night. Yeah. And I kind of, that's, I, I always find that going home is like a down, like I downshift into like, okay, relaxing, you know, wearing my pajamas most of the day, like really yeah. enjoying time with my family. And um, my parents actually kept making fun of me because I would like sneak up into my room and like disappear. And that would be at like eight, (laughs) I'd be out. Um, And they like couldn't believe for New Year's that I was able to like stay up past. But I think we've, I don't know. I think at the end of the year, you're kind of, your body needs it. Mm -hmm. And like, I had to check myself on that too. Cause I was like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Like, am I sick? Cause I need extra sleep. And it's like, probably not. Like, maybe we're all just fucking exhausted. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've been feeling, yeah, I'm sleeping like 11 hours a night. Mm-hmm. So it's like. Yeah, yeah, I do. Please. I, that's like my normal. <laughs> I need like 10 hours minimum. For sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm, an, I'm like an eight hours or I die kind of person. Like, yeah. I don't know these people who can I'm like. I'm like a 12 hours or I die. You can ask I mean, Sal. He's always. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm honest. <laughs> Scouts on her. Um, but yeah, so it's a little bit of a sluggish, slow start. Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm, tr- I'm working at like not judging myself for that. And I'm working at just kind of being patient with it. So yeah. interesting. It's interesting. Switch. Any media got you through these holiday times? Oh girl, I've been seeing so many movies. I got a movie pass. Do you have one? No. What does this mean? Oh my God. It's a subscription service. You pay $10 a month. Mm-hmm. You get unlimited free movies and theaters. Excuse me? Yeah. What are you talking about? No, literally this is like what... 
This is everything. Really? This is everything. Wow. Yeah. So what have you seen? Okay, so I saw The Last Jedi. Yeah, I saw that too. I saw The Greatest Showman. I can't wait to ask you about that. God. <laughs> um, I saw All the Money in the World. Skip it. I don't even want to talk about it. Oh my God, you've seen so many things. I saw The Post. Which you loved. You texted me. I loved it. I loved it. Um, and I saw Jumanji last night. Wow. You really went there. <laughs> you know, I, I've been really just making Who's the... Who's in Jumanji? The Rock. Oh, boy. Jack Black. Okay. And Kevin Hart. Oh, man. <laughs> what kind of brain space were you in that you were like, this is where I'm at right now? You know, You I... just wanted to watch... You just wanted to eat popcorn is what it sounds like. So I've... Oh, my God. I've developed... So because it's all free <laughs> now, because I get a free movie, I'm like, of course I can spend money on popcorn. Yeah. Like, I deserve your it. local theaters. You should do it anyway. But then... So my boyfriend gets... Uh, he has like a regal theater loyalty reward membership program thing uh, uh-huh. so he gets free popcorn so like aaron i what do you like mean he gets free popcorn the system he gets free popcorn because of this like loyalty rewards program where every time you get a movie ticket you like swipe your card and they give you but he gets free movie tickets on top of getting i'm probably selling them out and regal's gonna stop his account or something terrible did he go with you to see all these movies i mean of course he did You're so such we saw a movie going couple i can't get sal to see anything He's obsessed. I'll just go without him, usually. It's funny, because we have been seeing a lot of movies lately. <laughs> and we come out of the theater, and you know, it's like 9.45, 10 o'clock, and it's like, well, that was our evening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are we doing now? Um, but, okay, so back to Jumanji. So I was very skeptical about this, and he will tell you that I didn't want to see it at all. Uh-huh. Um, but he needed, like, he was like, my brain is dead. I need to not think. I just need to, like, turn it off for a while. Now, can I ask a question? Oh, my God, go for it. Is Jum- is this a remake of our Jumanji? Is a new story? No, this is a new story. Okay. So what it is is... <laughs> <laughs> so the Jumanji board game, as we know it, the Robin Williams 1990s board game is found on a beach. Okay. It's brought home by a guy mm-hmm. who gives it to his son. And the son opens it up because the drums are playing. And the Jumanji drums are so scary. Were you scared by those when you were little? I can hear them in my head now. They're like, dum, 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 yeah, dum, 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 dum. I don't think so I was scared. I was scared of the giant spiders oh, yeah. of the in the first one. Yeah, the the Jumanji drums are like what my nightmares are basically made up of. Sure. So so, anyways, this kid like he opens up the board game and there's like a Nintendo sixty four video game inside, hmm. and he plugs it into his player, and he gets sucked into the game. Yeah. And then fast forward to 2016, these four high school kids find the game, they get sucked into the game, and they have to get out of the game mm-hmm. by playing the video game. So they're like living in a video game. So they're not playing the board game anymore it's now? It's a video game. game? It's a video game. Okay. I didn't hate it. All right. Like no part of me hated it. And I've come to the conclusion. Well, when your expectations are low and they... I mean, zero. The expectations were below the floor. Um, Sometimes you need a fun Jumanji. I've decided that The Rock doesn't make bad movies. I've decided that The Rock makes the best version of whatever movie he's making, and whether that's Jumanji or. Do you mean that he like commits to the role, or he picks good projects? I think he both. I think he commits to the role, and I think he picks projects where people are passionate about whatever it is they're making. Hmm. There was a lot of passion that went into Jumanji. 
Really? I, I don't use that term lightly. I think Should that, I see it? Oh, yeah. You know, I feel like I would like you to see it because I would like to talk about it with you. Because I, I had some moments where I was like, oh, that's problematic. Oh, that's problematic. And okay. I was just like, but all in all, I was kind of into it. Jack okay. Black is hilarious in it. I'm worried about him. Why are you worried about Jack Black? I think he's doing fine. Is he? Yes. Good. I think he's someone we don't need to worry about. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Um, but yeah, I just it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. People are probably going to go see it and be like, she's lost her mind. This is not far from the truth. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. What were the other things on your list? Oh my God, everything. Do you want to talk about Star Wars? Sure. I mean, I liked it. I thought it was fun. I was really bored. Really? Yeah. Wow. I feel bad about that. I thought it was fun. I liked um, seeing the women as the... God, I'm going to... I feel like as Kent sits here, I'm... (laughs) It's like George Lucas is in the room. Yeah, seriously. As they're... (laughs) As, you know, the, the... I'm so worried for what this is about to happen. Oh, my God. You know the ships that they're in? Like the little ships? Yes. Anyway, usually those scenes are just all like men, white men. Right. And I, I was like, oh, we're seeing women. I thought that was really great. I loved the opening scene where the um, the one girl, uh, is it a cold open? Where they're kind of in that battle scene and the Asian girl's sister kind of takes one. for That was an incredible opening. I mm-hmm. like that they were giving women power in these yep. spaces. Um, I thought the I thought the worlds were so cool. Like I loved all the animals. Yeah. Like I thought those were so fun. I thought it was a fun. I thought it was really fun. Um, I thought they spent so much money on it. I was like, wow. Like we're just. I could just see the money like pouring from like <laughs> yeah, all the edges. Money. <laughs> um, and I loved Adam Driver. I thought he was. I liked their kind of will they won't they what's going on there. I thought it was really cute. Um. I, I still feel like for the lead, I don't know who she is. And I, I had I went to see it with my friend, um, Bobby, who's like obsessed with Star Wars. And I guess my husband is too, but I must forget this information because every time we see it, he's like so excited. I'm like, who are you? I don't, this is a thing. Um, but anyway, Bobby was like, yeah, this is kind of like a Star Wars trope. Like they don't go too deep into character development. Like the, he was kind of giving me the scope of it. I'm not a big Star Wars person. I don't, I couldn't tell you which ones I have or have not seen. Um, but that was my only thing is I wish we really, I feel like we're not, not that we're not rooting for her, but. I don't get her. I just don't know who she is. Yeah. And I like, there's no character quirks or I wanted, there's, it, it seems like a thin veil of like a, a hero archetype and I just wish they'd give her more personality. Yes. Or she would bring more of herself to the role. I'm not really sure how to name it. Yeah, I agree. I think that I loved the role that women played in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was, I wanted to get it a little bit more. I wanted to understand. I just needed like a little bit more of her mm-hmm. to really be all in. Because yeah. I loved what she was doing with Adam Driver. I loved what she was doing with Luke also, Skywalker. Also, how come we didn't get a training montage with Skywalker? That was kind of a letdown. Yeah. She's like there and we're at the friggin' island yeah. for like ever. And it's like, are we going to get a montage oh or no? God, the island was so boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, I needed more Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley. I wanted more. Like yeah. more, 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 more of that. 
Adam Driver just, we're watching his career just as we named earlier, like we'll watch the girls cast, get no movies and he'll just continue to, he's doing another film that's pretty iconic to which I can't remember, but he's doing really well. Yeah, he is. Which I, is great. Well he's, deserved. I think yeah. he's fantastic. He, yeah, for sure. I really love that man. Um, can we give the biggest shout out to Laura Dern? Yeah, I want to hear all your oh. thoughts about Laura Dern. What a year for that woman. Yeah, she's amazing. 2017 was just also like. I love her outfit. Oh, yeah. And I love that um, the one guy was like the bravado of like the male leadership style of like, yeah. we need to know what's going on. Like, da, 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 da. And they're like, will you take it easy for a minute? <laughs> like, we, we have this handled. Like, I thought that was really well done. Yeah. She played Vice Admiral Holdo, which is a name I just wanted to say. <laughs> and she gets to wear this like gorgeous purple silk dress mm-hmm. with gorgeous violet hair yeah her hair and is, her wig just, is good i mean shout out to the tall giraffes in hollywood she gets to tower over everyone yeah which i loved and i just think she's having she 2017 was for her yeah and i'm so happy to see the renaissance for and that she's woman. dating a basketball player now too oh get a girl her and robin wright are dating like extremely attractive men and i was like i love it incredible these women deserve it all yeah, I liked it. I thought the movie was a little long. Of course. A little long. But um, I liked it. I thought it was fine. All right. Great. I liked the animals. So that's why I took away. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was good. I'm excited to see what they do for the next one. Um, I want to know why you the all the money in the world, not interesting. Not interesting. Could Don't go. go see it. I don't even want to give it space. Nope. Okay. And the post you loved. We're going to talk about that one later. I want to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the story of Catherine Graham and um, she, Meryl Streep stars in it. It's getting somewhat mixed reviews. I guess Steven Spielberg put this together in the span of nine months. He read the script immediately after Trump's inauguration and was like, we need to tell this story. Wow. Um, so he hired everybody on, threw money at it, and got it to come together for a December release, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I agree that like parts of the story, for sure, they feel rushed. It's about the Pentagon. It's about the Washington Post and the New York Times publishing the Pentagon Papers. It's interesting that he thought the issues would have been solved by the time it came out. You know, like the urgency of like, let's because this is so on right now and it's still really on at this moment. Yeah. It'll be on in a year. Yeah. It's interesting that he really wanted to strike while the iron was that hot. Yeah. Um, But I'm not sure, you know, I've watched a whole bunch of interviews of Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep and Steven Spielberg. How do you feel about Tom Hanks? I mean, he's the nicest guy in the world, right? Is he? He's got to be. I'm willing to let that myth stand. Well, he's the most likable person in America. Yeah. Like for the fifteenth year running, twenty fifth year running maybe. So you're so you, you're on the record for liking Tom Hanks. Um, I don't feel one way or the other. This yeah. is the first movie where I feel like I wasn't watching Tom Hanks. Hmm. I felt like he was actually acting. Yeah, which is an unpopular opinion. Um, I don't really have an opinion about him either. Yeah, I don't feel one. Way I the would other. in my brain. I there's a film that I want to produce about birth control, and there's like an Irish Catholic doctor that is the first. <laughs> The first uh, one of the guys that like pushes for it to move forward, and I would cast Tom Hanks in that role because he's the most likable. That sounds amazing. Yeah, that story needs would be a great. I was just talking about birth control with someone last night. It, well, it's amazing because like the way that they did it, and a lot of the um, first like labs were illegal, and the way that they did it, and it was basically these two women who funded the whole thing because they were like, we need to push this through. I mean, it's a great story. Yeah. 
How has that not been told? I don't know. It's really fascinating. And it's also kind of like, not that it's a thriller, but there is a bit of like, will it happen, won't it? Mm -hmm. They're kind of like sneaking around. It would be a fun story to tell. And historically something we should all know about. I'm already involved in the project. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, I loved I loved the post. I found it timely. I found it cathartic. I found it to be a really good storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, the ending is just like makes you want to stand up and cheer. Good. She has a lot of, they gave Meryl Streep a lot of great lines, which is always kind of fun. Um, I feel like she picks projects where she knows she's going to, like she knows how to I even heard that, like, she doesn't pause in the middle of sentences because she doesn't want the camera to cut away from her. She, like, knows how to play in a movie. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, technically? Yeah. So I, I would imagine she is all up on it. Yeah. She is very powerful in this movie. I love oh. it. Um, did you see uh, Jim and Andy yet? No. All right. Kent, have you seen this, this movie? Mm-hmm. Did you like it? I, I thought it was enjoyable. I'm, like, obsessed with this movie. It's insane. It's so crazy. It's crazy. It's about um, Jim Carrey method acting as Andy Kaufman uh, from Man on the Moon when they did it in, like, the 80s, and he won. He got nominated for an Academy Award for it, or no? The movie did? This wasn't the 80s. This was, like, the 2000s. Whatever. Whenever. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Why did I think it was the 80s? Technology, the way they shoot it, you're like seeing old footage of it and you're like, wow, this must be from like a hundred years ago. Um, but anyway, it, it's, it's so bonkers, Diana, because Jim Carrey is like narrating. It's his movie. It's his perspective. You're making a face. And, but then you're seeing like the craziness of method acting, which is so unacceptable. <laughs> yeah. Yet the way he like, his it's almost like watching somebody who has lied to you, but they can justify it so well that you're like, am I the problem? Like, it's <laughs> Oh, he's so, like gaslighting you? He's gaslighting you. And wow. then th- Kaufman's family is involved. What? And he's having relationships as um, Andy Kaufman with the family. Diana, this wait, movie sorry. is bonkers. Pause. So Jim Carrey is having relationships with Andy Kaufman's family as Andy Kaufman? Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, Diana, well now I need to watch it. Obviously. I, I mean, and there are more spoilers. Oh my god. I can't. We. You need to watch this movie. It's driving me insane. You he and talks, I. He talks to his daughter. Yeah. Do we can't tell it. We can't tell Diana all the spoilers. Diana, it is. We need to talk about it. Okay. It's very problematic. I'll watch it for. But it's recording. also like a good movie, and you're like mesmerized. No idea. Netflix did. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, method acting is really interesting. You and I kind of, it spurred a conversation for us. We've oh, talked yeah. about it in the past, but um, the whole idea about it being like a masculine man's way of acting, and if you don't do it, you're not a real actor, is so interesting to me. Well, it's just, it, and it's fascinating because it's like if a woman were to ever act this way on set, like I think she would be fired. Mm. Like the protection. thousand percent. And they show this in um, the movie too, like the protection even that the studio to hide what the to hide from the public what Jim Carrey was doing is so fast like it's it's almost like the patriarchy structure of like we're going to protect these men at all costs and it's like in what other industry would you be so emotionally destructive and so manipulative and so it's just really insane mm-hmm. and you need to watch it yeah yeah i'm 
I've been trying to get you to watch it. Um, the Barbie documentary I also watched on yeah, Netflix. Yeah, I want to watch it. Is it's, it good? It was so cute. Yeah? Yeah. They do a bunch of other, like, they do, like, a Star Wars episode and, like, another episode, and I only watched the Barbie one. Okay. And it's about the her, the founder of Mattel, and um, which is a woman and her husband, and it's really fun. It's cool. just cute. It's kind of, like, reminds me of those, um, uh, you know, VH1 used to do those, like, I Love the 80s. Mm-hmm. It's very, like, pop, like, and moving on to this topic. Like, it's fun. Yeah. Cool. I liked it. We'll definitely um, check that out. I've also been watching The Real Housewives. What? I know. I thought you made a pact with yourself to never watch that. Well. Because you listened to the podcast. So here's what happened. Oh, no. I was at home in Buffalo, and my mom, we just had it on. New Jersey was on. And the New Jersey girls, which I've heard are, like, not the best season. But I was like, I'll get, like, we're just hanging out at home by the fire. Like, we'll watch. We'll pour some Baileys. We'll watch New Jersey. We're going to bed at 8 p.m. anyway, so. (laughs) I'm like five episodes in and I'm like, I'm getting what this is. I'm getting it. So then I'm like, I don't want to watch Jersey. I want to like upgrade to one of the other seasons. So then I started watching Beverly Hills and I am all in. Oh, boy. I'm picking characters. I'm texting Ashley Fredo. I'm like, you know, I hate this person. I love this person. That's so fun. I'm all in now. And I feel like how, where have I been this whole time? Like, I feel like an idiot. For not dipping my toe in sooner. Well, I mean, you're here now. I'm here Swim now. Swim in the water. I'm living for Erica Jane. It's all happening for me. <laughs> is this kind of where your love for uh, Andy Cohen is coming into play? You know, I just like him on Instagram. No, oh, I know. But I've noticed a heightened... You're like into it. I mean... No, I think, I've, I, think I appreciate him individually. Okay. Before the Housewives. Okay. But I know he's part of the universe and mm-hmm. stuff and... The curator of it all, I guess. Yeah. But I never watch what watch what happens live or anything. I mean, we don't have cable, so. Yeah. But he's doing stuff. Amazing. Love it. Yeah. What else is on your list? Oh, my gosh. Oh, I saw The Greatest Showman. So. Oh, yeah. Please tell me about this. So. Because uh, my Aunt Chrissy went and saw it and said it was, like, the best movie she's ever seen. But she also likes Shape of Water, so she uh, can't be trusted. I like Shape of Water, too. Oh, you did? What? Did you not? I didn't <laughs> Oh, I didn't see it, and I do not like it. Okay, great. Um, I like that director, but the premise of her having sex with a fish freaks me out. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. You should go see it. I need you to see it now. Really? I'm on this whole thing. I'll probably thing. love it, actually. I'm on this whole thing of the things we feel resistance to uh-huh. are the things we need to watch. Oh, uh, boy. And I'm, like, really going to make that my mantra this mm-hmm. year is to, like, if I feel like I hate something... Before I watched it, I'm going to watch it. Really? Is, I'm going to start with this Jim and Andy documentary. Yeah. Um, anyways, so I saw The Greatest Showman. So it's the story of P.T. Barnum starting the first circus. Also, aren't circuses like the devil now? Don't we hate them? Correct. Uh, is there any social commentary on no. the cruel? Okay. No, there is not. <laughs> and I... So you kind of have to buy into the world that mm-hmm. they're creating for you like most musicals you just need to you're either in or you're out there's yeah. no you can't occupy this middle space of like because it's fantasy that's a good that's a great uh point I guess. musicals are selling fantasy they yeah. always do and so i went in i love musicals mm-hmm. like for starters same that's totally where i am although i hated la la land yeah which we're on the we're on opposite sides of the fence about but and will forever be 
Um, so yeah, it tells the story of P.T. Barnum starting this. Uh, Hugh Jackman plays P.T. Barnum. He's an incredible musical theater actor. He starred in Les Miserables. He was amazing in that. He is great in this film, too. You cannot knock Hugh Jackman for the performance that he gives. Mm-hmm. And Zendaya is also in it. Zac Efron's also in it. Is she a singer? Zendaya? Yeah. Yeah. And she also, she plays the trapeze artist in this, and she did all of her own work. Cool. Which is very cool. Um, but I didn't get lost in it. Mm. I felt like I was watching a movie the entire time. Mm. And in all musicals, almost every musical I've ever seen that are good, I get that like clenched feeling in my throat of emotion, mm-hmm. whether it's like sadness or joy or you, like, you want to root for the people that are singing on screen. Mm-hmm. And I didn't root for a single person in this. Hmm. I didn't feel like I cared about anyone. I didn't believe it. I didn't, I just didn't like it. But I could also see that if you like the story of P.T. Barnum and you kind of like the whole mythology around him, you would really like this movie because it plays a lot of lip service to that. And Hugh Jackman read like over two dozen books to prepare for this role. This role was really a labor of love for him. And he's been in development with it for like a decade. So it's kind of sad to me that he's done the work to play this role. Oh, boy. And it landed so horribly flat. Why Why do you think it landed flat? I think the script was weak. Okay. I think it was really, really, really... Um, I think, it, yeah, it was just bad writing. Like the writing? Hmm. Yeah, the writing is not there. Is the story good? It could have been. Mm-hmm. But also there's this whole looming thing of, like, your first reaction is, like, don't we hate circuses? There's kind yeah. of this, like... So they don't name it. They don't name it. And they wouldn't have at that time. Mm-hmm. Like at the time he's making it, this is how the world was. Yeah. But there's a really dark problem. There's a really dark past with racism. There's a really dark past with obviously exploitation, animal abuse. Like, yeah. And it, we just never talked about it. And not only did we not talk about it, we romanticized it. Mm. And that's for me where I was like, like there's this one part where he rides an elephant up to pick his like family up from the ballet. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Do we need to see Dumbo? Do we need to watch this movie again? Like, I couldn't buy into it because I was just like... Because you're here now. Right. Hmm. So I feel kind of bad for Hugh Jackman. (laughs) (laughs) And if he ever wants to come on Beaver Talk to talk this through with me, it's an open door, Hugh. You're welcome anytime. Um, Because he deserved a better movie. Hmm. And the music is good, not great. Mm -hmm. The dancers are incredible. Everybody can sing. Everyone can hit the notes, but it's just like I. Just How is Zac Efron? It's great. I, I, I'm gonna say this now. I really like Zac Efron. I don't really know anything. I have no opinion. He's another guy for me who commits to everything he does. Yeah, I think he's more attractive than Ryan Gosling. Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we're gonna go for like pretty white men, I'd put those two in a category for sure. Um. He commits to everything he does. And he's a fabulous singer, dancer, musical theater performer. So he's really good in this. Speaking of musicals, I saw Kinky Boots. I want to talk about this with you. How was it? It was one of my Christmas presents. Um, I loved it. I loved it. I'm obsessed with the, um, speaking of cute white men, the lead. We saw it with the original cast because they came back for a month. Um. And it was so good. And his voice is so good. I was just, like, obsessed with him. Is that the lead singer from Panic! at the Disco? No. Oh, okay. It was... His name is... I think it's Stuart Stark or something. He has, like, a very, like, superhero weird name. 
Um, and Billy Porter was in it. He's, but they were both just really great. You could tell there was a lot of love between them. Like their partnership in it is so strong. Um, and I really loved the movie. Um, I really love drag queens. Yeah, it was really fun. And there's like a, it's kind of like about a small business that's kind of failing. And then to watch the resurgence of this and also the conversation around masculinity and mm. like watching this white man of privilege kind of step into a space of femininity and own it is really cool because there's a, there's a scene where he has to kind of, um, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but it's really good. And I like the conversations that they have around gender. Cool. I loved it. It was really, really fun. It was just an easy, breezy, yeah. fun, warm. Um, you definitely got that feeling in your throat where yeah. you're like, you want to cry for everybody. Yeah. You felt invested in the characters, yeah. which I, I really liked. Awesome. And I thought the actors really brought that. Because I could see how it could feel generic. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really, you were rooting for them. It was fun. Cool. Yeah, I really liked it. Amazing. That's so fun. I love Broadway. Yeah, I feel like I need to go to more shows. What are we doing? I know. They're right right down the street. I know. I've like, maybe we need to find like a Broadway pass or something. Do those exist? Sure. I don't know. Let's find one. We'll make one. Our own movie pass for Broadway. That would be great. Um, We had someone write into us to talk about something in specific. Yeah. Um, so this person wrote in and wants us to talk about Bono <laughs> calling music girly. Yeah. So to give everyone context, Bono, um, in a Rolling Stone interview in December, said he's discovering new music through his kids and doesn't like how girly the industry has become um, because it's left little opportunity for angry boys to express themselves outside of rap. Just going to let that sink in for a second. <laughs> Um, obviously it's like a really flat footed statement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's this association when saying something is girly is like saying something is lesser because it's emotional, mm-hmm. um, which is just a really, really dumb statement to make. Um, but I think the conversation around spaces where men can find a voice is also a really like flat footed issue to take up right now yeah um I talked about it with my friend who's really into punk rock and he said like it's an interesting point to bring up because in the Trump administration in times of political high conservative political times like Nixon like Margaret Thatcher like you know the times where punk rock thrived Mm -hmm. in earlier decades um we had really, really heated political commentary from musicians. And it's what led to the birth of some of the greatest acts, U2 being one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, But I can't help but feel like this is just Bono trying to maintain relevance. White privilege. Yeah. Male privilege. Yeah. And just like, it's kind of a statement that he just made without Mm -hmm. saying like what he's going to do about it. Yeah. Like I'm creating a production company or I'm doing, like, you know what I mean? I mean, this... This comment infuriates me. Yeah. And I feel like he is projecting onto the brilliance and the power and the movement that women are creating and being like, oh, well, how come I'm not like being seen? It's such a it's such a passive and such a weak stance to make. Yeah. And I would say that like the 
the I had a conversation with Sal about this and he was like, all of the great punk and rock music right now is coming from women. Mm-hmm. And that we are seeing like women just continue to thrive in these spaces. And I think to your point of like, oh, if it's girly, it's like, what is it? Like, what does that even mean? It's girly. There's such a, we're seeing this shift of power happen across all these industries. And I think white men specifically are grasping for power still and grasping for space. And I think it's really, I don't know, to be honest, I hate Bono. I hate you too. I hate him too. And this is why like I read the comment. I was like, I don't even feel like I can make a comment on this because I don't even like him. Yeah. (laughs) So I like, I think there's so much hypocrisy that comes with you too about like the environment yet. Like their tour has like the worst, you know, global footprint of all time. It's like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And and the fact that he's trying to assert himself in this space around gender is just insane to me. Not here for it. So... On January 4th, he published an article for Time Magazine entitled, Why It's Time for Men to Step Up for Women. And he talks about how he was the only man honored last year at Glamour's Women of the Year Awards, which we all like have blocked from memory. I totally forgot that happened. And I was like, oh yeah, I was seeing red at that point too. Um, and he talks about how he has two daughters. And oh, so boy. he receives, he has daughters. Wow. My favorite reason for anyone to come wow. into feminism. And he says he's received a real um, like homeschooling from his daughters and his wife about feminism and how we can't have half of the population in the conversation. We have to bring the entire population in order to move the world forward. Mm-hmm. And he talks about... Was how- this his apology for the girly statement? Oh, no, it's not an apology. It's not an apology. But it's an, I think it's his way of acknowledging... I think it's his way of putting himself into the conversation. Mm. And putting his foundations into the conversation, he mm-hmm, mentions one. Mm-hmm. He mentions one throughout the article, um, talking about the importance of educating women in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, if we, if we thought that he was grasping at straws for relevancy, this is like, to me, it's a direct indication of that. If a man ever tells you he's a feminist because he has a daughter, red flags should be shooting out of your eyeballs. Yeah, Betty's. If that's happening. It's like Just walk away. Red alert sirens. <laughs> bars coming down <laughs> over the windows. You gotta go. You gotta get out. You gotta get oh, out. Oh boy. Um, so when he published that, I was like, that this officially sucks. It's also such a weird knock at rap and hip hop. Like it's such a weird way to like bring that down. Mm-hmm. As like, oh, those are the only people who are creating any kind of, you know, angry music right now. It's like we should be angry. They should be angry. We should all be angry. Like, why? He was just on Kendrick Lamar's album. So to make that comment is so infuriating to me. Yeah. Not, I'm not here for Bono. Anyways, we had that comment come in, so we just wanted to address it. We're not here for Bono. And if you have any other comments or questions or shows that we should watch, you can email us at Beaver. What's our thingy? Great plug. Great plug. It's- <laughs> Beavertalkpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, Diana. So if you want us to rip apart any other media icons, we can definitely do that. But Bono, if you want to come in and talk about stuff. No, you're not allowed. You're not allowed. Hugh Jackman, you are allowed. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Hugh Jackman. Um, Speaking of other things you should not waste your time on, I want to... It's a long list. (laughs) (laughs) I accidentally watched two episodes of The Magicians on Netflix, which I think is a teen drama. (laughs) Oh, my God. And I was like, it's like a Harry Potter meets like Gossip Girl. 
Wow. And I was I like, like, that could be really sexy. Yeah. And I was like, I think this could work. But then it didn't. And it's like an hour long. And I was like, well, I'll try a second. <laughs> I was like, maybe it's just like pilot, like fumbles. Right. It, yeah. It wasn't. It was awful. Okay. You're seeing, I'm seeing now ads in the subway for it. So. Okay. But not for us. Don't Rot, watch it. Rotten through and through. Yeah. Have you watched Riverdale? No. You know, I haven't either. I heard it's great. I heard it's great. I I'm love not, a teen drama. Yeah. That's why I feel like you probably need to get on it and report back. Yes, I will. All right. I'm also missing Clean House. Did you ever watch that show with no. Niecy Nash? Where she goes into people's houses and cleans them? And they do like a big garage sale? No. I used to watch it like religiously in college, like marathons. I kind of miss Niecy Nash. I miss her whole thing. She's on a new show about a nail salon and I can't figure out where to watch it. Hmm. but it's with the, another girl from true blood it's it looks really cute and i can't uh-huh. someone tell me how to watch it very cool. it's on like a weird network okay we need to find it um last note i have here lady gaga signed a contract to play in vegas our girl is becoming a vegas showgirl yes she is that's very exciting i'm very excited for her I am too. I feel like this is an act of self-care. Yeah. It's like, take the touring down a notch, mm-hmm. get healthy, get on a routine, feel good about it, keep performing. Mm-hmm. I think this is like a good step for her and I'm excited. I could also see her wanting to do more acting Yeah, and like having this give her the freedom to kind of bounce in between um, and just create more of a routine. I can't imagine being on the road. It's so crazy. Yeah. And just watching the pain she went through in that documentary, um, something needed to change. You could tell there was like a need to make a big change in her life. And I'm sure it was really scary to kind of figure out what that next step was. So I'm really happy to hear that it opened up for her in such a big way. Absolutely. Love it. Anything else on your list? You know, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that that's that's all I came to this with today. But um, anything you're looking forward to these days? Schitt's Creek. Yeah. Is is returning. I I feel like I'm a season behind. Catch up. I know. I got to catch up. <laughs> if you're not watching Schitt's Creek, you need to be. It's on the Pop Network in the United States, or it's on CBC in Canada, and it stars Dan Levy. I watch it on a Netflix or a Hulu. You could, it's somewhere. Yeah, it's on there now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure if it airs there directly. It might air on Hulu directly. Should we talk about Me Too? In what way? Or Time's Up, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Time's Up is exciting. Time's Up, bitch. That's really what I want the slogan to be. I'm really sad I didn't buy a copy of the New York Times on Monday because they took out a full page ad for it where it's like, time's up. Here's our manifesto, ladies. Get information. Love it. Which is so cool. I would die to have that page. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to put it like on my wall. I want to put it everywhere. I kind of wish they were papering the city with it. Mm. I kind of wish it was everywhere a little Let's bit more. Let's do it. Yeah. Like, I wish it was, like, on billboards. I wish it was graffiti. Every, like, well, I just... they're doing billboards. Um, Reese Witherspoon posted a picture of a billboard in L.A. Oh, my God. It's coming. I love it. I think it's coming. Yeah, I don't really know what the plan is with this, but I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. I like that we're <laughs> keeping the pressure and we're also making a focus on more marginalized women. Yeah. That, like, we're, that they're starting a fund and that they're creating spaces for people to get access to lawyers. I think it's amazing. I also like that it's bringing together the generations in Hollywood. Like, mm-hmm. it's really young women like America Ferreira is Also, there. isn't America Ferreira, like, the best? Oh, like, 2020 is her like year. She, she should be president. She is the best. Yeah. She continues to associate with, push causes forward, be transparent, be a great feminist. She's really 
I mean, I've always liked her from Ugly Betty. She's the best. Yeah. I'm really obsessed with her. Yeah. And I'm so proud of her. She's doing like really amazing work. She just does the work. I heard yeah. a great thing on a podcast lately where this guy said that his New Year's resolution was to put his head down and contribute, mm. which I thought was a really cool way of saying, I want to put my head down. And his thing was writing. I want to mm-hmm. put my head down and do the work. But now I think it's kind of fun to think of like, I want to put my head down and contribute. And that's something I think about with America Ferrara is she's just involved in so many things in such a passionate way. She really puts all of her heart into whatever it is she's doing. And you feel that. And it's so genuine from her. Totally. Yeah. Love her. Time's up. Time's up. What are you excited for? Well, our shows just came back. Actually, I'm watching her show, Superstore, which is great. If you haven't seen it, you you should watch it. Um, I'm also still watching Kristen Bell's show that I can never remember the fucking name of. <laughs> the Good Place? Yes, thank you. Um, so all those shows are coming back, which I'm excited. I'm going to keep watching The Housewives. I've got to catch up. I'm halfway um, done with season seven, although the episodes are like 45 minutes long. Oh, my God. You know, which is a bit, it's a lot, but I'm, I'm committed. I'm staying with it. Um, and then I'm going to catch up so that I can, the new season just started. So I want to like be present with where everybody's at with watching it. Love it. Yeah. Should we wish everyone happy feminist Wednesday? Happy feminist Wednesday, everybody. Happy feminist Wednesday. Hey guys, I'm Lissa Mandel. I'm Philip Cassell. And we're here from The The Bitch Bitch Seat. Seat the podcast. It's an interview show where we talk to guests about the horrible and beautiful parts of their youth. We like to think of it as an adult talk show and tell. A grown-up show and tell. There you go. Like that. So for a teaser, here's some magnetic poetry that I wrote on my fridge when I was 12. Hit it, Phil. Dreams of whispered music felt snow white and lathered me in delirious symphonies. The ache within is black and bitter. A thousand frantic shadows scream and chant bitterly. I sleep on a lake of a thousand diamonds. You were 12? Yeah, I was way ahead of my time. Fair enough. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production.